that's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. I was Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Luck America. A news and politics podcast. Or is it a politics news podcast? It's been so long, I can't even remember. I'm Chet Wild. I'm mean, Adam Todd Brown. I mean, no, we got that wrong, oh, too, even. We both wear hats now, so it's very confusing. Oh, wow, we're both hat guys. You got a California hat. No, it, people keep saying that. It's not. What? It, it's just a it's hat. just an artist that, hat with that a, drew, a, drew a bear with a fish inside of it. Okay, that's a California hat. Stuart Thompson's <laughs> here also. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Just enjoying being around two hat guys. Two yeah. hat guys. You'll get there one day when your genetics kick in and the hair <laughs> starts to go. That was going to be the name of this podcast was Two Hat Guys, but Chet wasn't a hat guy at the time. Yeah. Well, it was originally Two Guys, One Hat, but then I just started to uh, yeah. right. wear a hat. And the we were just going to shit in that hat, and then Chet was going to eat it on video. What? Sorry if no one <laughs> is familiar with I the thought I was doing it on two girls only. Two Girls, One Cup concept. Still never watched it. You don't need to. No. Yeah. Pretty horrifying. Yep. I've seen it. You've seen it? Yep. Welcome to an episode about Two Girls, One Cup. We're going to make Chet Wild watch this video. More like Two Countries, One Missile Treaty. Whoa! <laughs> hey! Hey, I will say this. After our uh, recording hiatus, uh, you coming back with this new schedule of doing two of these pods a month? Most thorough notes I've ever seen you put together for this pod. And I got them done early. Yeah. Mm, big I, spender. I was worried people would show up a day early so, since I didn't send the notes at 6 a.m. the day we recorded for a change. So you might be saying, oh, man, getting less good luck America. No, you're getting more condensed good luck America. Well, I do feel like cutting back on the podcasts has given me a little more research time. Higher quality. And... Mm. They, I mean, a lot of the podcasts I'm referring to haven't come out yet. Wow. Because we just switched to this new schedule. But still, I think we're going to do some good pod. Yeah. Full concentrate now. None of this watered down pod we were doing before. There's only so much I orange would, juice. I would argue it wasn't were, watered down. We were spreading it, it out. Well, so, man, we're, we're rock bottom and you decided to turn it around. I don't think that was the case Things at all. were really not going well. Things were going fine. I was People just a were little abandoning us. I was a little burnt out. They said all. this pod No, our fans have been very great <laughs> through everything. None of this is true. I just, uh, I want to do some other shit. I want to write more. I want to do more comedy. But uh, we rearranged the schedule in a way that everyone, everyone still gets essentially what they were getting before whether you you're free or a paid listener why are we even talking about this i i was just it's space uh, week it became <laughs> it is space that, you are violating that just got the, edited you are violating the sanctity of space week space week on the network where what are we doing we're talking about space all right sound effect there's no space week sound effect that's Last aggression before we get... That's, uh, that's a piece of foam hitting one of the boosters on the space shuttle, I, Columbia. I, I thought that was a space bongo. I was, <laughs> I was very excited. Last aggression before we get started here for reals. Uh, oh, you, good. You saw the drawing that uh, a listener did of what they thought the, the soundboard looked like? Yeah. That was very funny. Yeah, it was pretty great. And then I rained on the parade by posting an actual picture of it. 
It's Justin Akai MPX8, available for $99 at most retailers. Use the and code UNPOPS at checkout to get 15% <laughs> off here. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sky. Carl in the checkout line is like, who? Yeah. <laughs> Only do that in person if you're buying it at a store. Yeah, and it. film it and send it to us, yeah. please. So, yeah, we've been talking about space-related shit all uh-huh. week. Okay. And on today's episode of Good Luck America, and on the next Good Luck America, we're also talking about a similar topic, but we're talking today about the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. You, The listeners were saying it with us, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, they had to see this episode coming once they found out it was Space Week. Right. Surely there's going to be some nuclear treaty talk. Wait, can you say it again? Because I already forgot what it is. Intermediate Range Range Nuclear Nuclear Forces Treaty. Treaty. Was signed in the 80s. That's going to be tough. Uh, Well, you'll be glad to know we also just call it the INF. Oh, nice. Treaty. The INF. Yep, the INF Treaty. And the reason we're doing this episode is we just pulled out of the INF Treaty, as did Russia. Not an effective method. Um... For birth control, it's a or radically effective method treaties. for getting out of a treaty. You just pull out; like it's very effective for that. Um, it's the Catholic approach to missile treaty, and this is a this is a pretty concerning thing, and it's a thing that's being spun in one general direction. And as always, it's not quite as cut and dry as people are making it out to be. Uh, it all centers around tactical nuclear weapons, which are smaller, more mobile nuclear weapons. The really big intercontinental ballistic missiles have to be launched from silos that are in the ground. One exploded inside a silo in the South in the 80s, but the nuclear parts of it didn't explode. Oh, that's good. Dodged a bullet there. Yep. Uh, But tactical nukes, you can launch them from ships. You can launch them from, like, moving nuclear missile launching vehicles. From your Uber, whatever. We have one on a fucking golf course in South Korea. So you can launch these things from Is it a Trump golf course? Probably not. Okay. But that would be very appropriate if it was. And for a long time, like I said, you had to launch from underground bunkers. That all changed with the development of Russia's SS-20 Sabre weapon system in the late 70s. It was an intermediate-range ballistic missile system that was mobile, so you could launch it quickly from any number of different locations, and it was had a short enough range to fall just under the ICBM classification. Ha! <laughs> BM. <laughs> BM. <laughs> and uh, it had not enough range to reach the U.S., so we didn't really give a shit at first. Why would we? Yeah, keep them. Yeah. It's a missile that you can't hit us with. We don't fucking care. As long as you're not putting them up in Cuba, right? we're fine. But we are one of the main driving forces behind NATO, mm. and the role of NATO is to keep the rest of Europe safe from Russia, or at the time, the Soviet Union. So NATO stepped in and was like, hey, you want to say something about this, please? And what happened is they settle, settled on something called the a two-track policy where Europe would eliminate a thousand tactical nuclear weapons and the U.S. would pursue talks with Russia to scale back their production. Go get them, Jimmy Carter. Hell yeah. And if this strategy failed to produce a reduction, NATO was going to put tactical nuclear weapons all over Europe, which Mm. would have been a huge threat to Russia. 
So a huge threat to Russia. If Europe put, oh, if, okay. if NATO got, put got, them got, in got Europe, it. yeah, yeah. And by the time those talks got underway, Reagan was in office. Yeah. Yay! Well, I love <laughs> missiles. He's back. Where's Nancy? <laughs> and now give us a Russian Johnny Carson, please. That's my favorite part of the pod. <laughs> Uh, it's good to be here in good to be here in Bucharest. <laughs> I'm taking the show on the road, and uh, uh, boy, are my boy are my Bolsheviks tired. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so the Reagan administration came up with something called the Zero Option, where Russia would eliminate its short and mid-range weapon systems. The U.S. would hold off on deploying ours, and a global ban would be put in place, along with a stringent verification protocol. Russia rejected this, countering that both the U.S. and Russia should be able to deploy intermediate-range weapons in Europe. That's actually not an unfair compromise. Yeah, just like a sort of like a you know, dual, like, it, it's like those wacky sitcoms where, like, the two families share one house, and then right. they're separated by one wall, and it's like, I'm sorry, can I borrow a cup of sugar? It's like, no, only missiles here. <laughs> 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 okay, well... I would watch any sitcom that included the line, only missiles here. Uh, so these negotiations carried on for years, finally culminated in the Reykjavik summit in 1986, where the framework for the deal was mostly agreed on. And then they carried on for a bit longer. And then in December 87, we finalized this treaty. It prohibits both parties from possessing, producing, or flight testing ground-launched ballistic and cruise missiles with ranges of 500 to 5,500 fruity European kilometers or 300 to 3,400 real American miles. Mm. So what about a range of like two miles? You could totally do that. Oh, yeah. Th stuff like that. Well, then it's just... <laughs> Blowing yourself up. Then it's like a suitcase bomb, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that, and you'd also probably be dropping it on, on yourself. Like if we launched a two-mile range <laughs> missile from L.A. Let's it, do it from Columbus. Yeah, you you're, you want to destroy Toledo or something? Yeah, the missile should be the missile range should be longer than the blast radius. Like you don't want to. Yeah, there, yeah. It's just it's just funny to me that there's a minute like three hundred uh, thirty four hundred. It should just be up to thirty four hundred. Yeah. Well, other, well, yeah. Well, we're trying to prevent like a Wiley e. Coyote missile launch system. <laughs> like, you just you're just in the silos. Like, Wiley e. Coyote, American super genius. So you know, some asshole is gonna make something that goes like three thousand three hundred ninety five miles and be like, oh, it doesn't go. Yeah. Well, when we get into why we feel like Russia is violating this treaty. That's kind of the case. I know. I was setting up the pod. <laughs> Thanks, Chet. Yeah, the comedy to, assist. You're the Magic Johnson of this show. Yeah, just here to. T I'm the <laughs> HIV of this network. Just here to just here the to throw virus. Up, just throwing up rocks. They keep hoping he'll die, but he just no. He somehow who's hoping Magic Johnson dies? I don't know. Racist. <laughs> Uh, I don't know anyone who do I guess doesn't support the Lakers or the the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Everyone else is hoping Magic. That feels unfair. <laughs> if you're not a Lakers fan, you hope Magic dies. Yeah, if you're right. a, if he you're was a... on the first dream team. Show some patriotism, please. I still remember the Nick News episode where they explained AIDS to kids. That's how I learned about it. Fun. Do they have Reagan do it? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I think it was Bush at the time. Oh, yikes. 
<laughs> so also possessing or producing ground-based launches of those missiles was prohibited. The ban extends to weapons with both nuclear and conventional warheads, but does not cover air-delivered or sea-based missiles. Existing weapons had to be destroyed, and a protocol for mutual inspection was agreed upon. Each party has the right to withdraw from the treaty with six months' notice, and this is a quote, if it decides that extraordinary events related to the subject matter of this treaty have jeopardized its supreme interests. Both parties were subject to in-person verifications until 2001, at which point the job was handed off to satellites. I just wish my landlord took the same care with specifications and notice the way these people did with missiles. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I don't want you tell- coming over unless you give me six months notice. That would be nice, yeah. That you're going to be... <laughs> He's going to be coming by. But now your landlord just has hidden cams, kind of like a satellite. Yeah. Observes you well, I, I, I live on the other side of that house where, where I <laughs> in the sitcom. It's like, no, we come over whenever because there's only missiles here. <laughs> and this, uh, the removal of the in-person ex- inspections sort of coincides with Putin's rise to power in Russia. Probably just coincidental, but it's, I mean, it's definitely coincidental, but it's also bad timing. You ever seen House of Cards Russia? They explain all of it. <laughs> they look directly at the camera. <laughs> and a sexual assaultist explains it all. Now you see here, I'm going to kill everybody in this room. <laughs> it will take some time, but I will literally kill them with my bare hands. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about why people think Russia is violating this treaty. And this is, you'll see this talking point all over the place on the internet right now. Um, there's a New York Times article. What the fuck is it called? How Russia undermined over 30 years of nuclear arms control on the New York Times by Kay Bailey Hutchison. You know the one. And it argues that Putin, which this is kind of true, expressed his intent to pull out of the treaty as early as 2007 during a speech at Munich Security Conference. His argument, and again, I think this is a decent argument, was that the treaty only covered the U.S. and Russia, but lots of other nations like China, India, Iran, etc., all possess missiles that were banned by the treaty. So what Russia proposed in 2008 was a global INF treaty. Makes sense. And that was rejected. But do you nice. think they Hell proposed yeah. it knowing it would be rejected? Like, it's kind of a fail-safe. Like, if it's not global, we're not in. But they knew all along that, like, it would Probably, never Probably, but that doesn't... I feel like they're there could be some discussion around why it was rejected. Okay. Like, what What do... I mean, treaties get rejected and proposals get rejected for all kinds of reasons. I mean, there could have been some fine print that indicated that, you know, maybe Russia got special privileges over these other countries in right. the global treaty. I mean, we don't... I mean, we don't have the treaty in front of us, so... But it seems like a well we could have gone back to. Like, yeah. if Russia submitted something that wasn't completely up to our standards, like, you usually negotiate that. Like, I just, I don't, I didn't look into it enough to know what the reasoning for not doing it was, but we didn't. And that was when Russia started talking about pulling out of the treaty. Mm. This is a quote from the article. The United States has remained committed to the INF treaty across three presidential administrations, valuing the treaty's contributions to international security for over five years in more than 30 discussions and six experts meetings the United States has tried without success to engage Russia in a productive dialogue on its violations of the treaty. Still, 
Russia continues to deny it is in violation and instead disingenuously claims that the United States is independently seeking to leave the treaty. That is debatable at best. Well, debatable up until the, uh, never mind, the rest of my thought didn't add up. What? You just said never mind until the, and then you just glared at me. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like. It's a great debate tactic. It is, yeah. So the U.S., uh, you know, Russia. Am I am I false in saying the, the U.S. didn't want to disengage from this treaty, but until Trump came in, and then if he's pushing a Russian agenda, am I I'm a conspiracy theorist I, here? I don't think I had heard anything during Obama's administration about leaving the INF. Then was that a was that a George W. issue? No, pulling out of the INF has just sort of come up. Now, yeah, it's just weird that things happen under Trump's presidency that are clearly a benefit to Russia, but then it's like, oh, just a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, there's no collusion. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is that's going on with Trump's dealings with Russia, but it's like it's it's just so like he claims to be such like a strong-minded person and such a you know a great leader, but yet he just sort of kowtows without question to you know. Russia's better interests. Never said a shitty thing about Putin. Same talking point we had three years ago. And yeah, like he'll rail all over people in his own party over the dumbest fucking thing. Yeah, he'll talk about how you know how terrible you know you know people like you know people like Ted Cruz and he'll 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 shut down anyone who gets in his way. And but all of a sudden Putin's his buddy. I think he's just I think he's attracted to power. Yeah, I think he's attracted to power. But I feel like there is. There are obviously some clear ties between him and Putin also. Yeah, I like, mean, for all we know, it's not even like a, a P-tape level situation. It's like it could be just something like even more minorly humiliating that Putin has on him. It could just... Yeah, or it could be all the money Russia has given Trump. Like, Yeah, when know. other banks wouldn't give him money. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a nice way to sort of like, you know, if if someone it's kind of like yeah, if someone's funding your ability to do something, you're you're not going to badmouth them. You're not going to you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. Right. Or, or maybe the tape's worse than P. Maybe it's a two girls one Trump. Oh man. Oh man. Where's my give me a writing award? <laughs> you are now the new head staff writer on Late Night with Jimmy Kimmel. Congratulations. Who does have that gig right now? It's probably someone we know. Uh Maybe. Ian Carmel said right over at, Fel- uh, not Fallon, uh, Corden. Corden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would, I, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if Putin just had like a picture of Trump with, with it, without his hair on. That would oh, probably do it. That would be so satisfying. You, have you seen those pictures circulating around of, of like what Trump would look like if the rest of his skin was colored the way the area around his eyes was colored? Because you know how he, he looked kind of like this weird, like, orange photonegative raccoon where he's got, like, the orange yeah. skin, and then he has sort of, like, this light pink uh, around the eye. Yeah. Like, if that if that color was the rest of his face, he looks like a like an old man. And then they take off, you know, they sort of get rid of the hair, and, you know, you know he looks like a like a regular 70-year-old man. That's eating fast food his whole life. Have you seen... He just, he just had his physical... And his last physical, his BMI was like 29 point whatever, and now his BMI is just over 30. So he's officially, like, considered overweight. He's like, my BMI is 32, and there's no way that I'm fatter than this fucking guy. Does he not look all right with a, a bald head and a beard? <laughs> like, he should just do if that. He had a goatee, well, yeah. well, that's assuming that his beard grows in fully like that. 
Right. Not everyone ha- not everyone grows a, a full beard. What if it I'm just grows think which in one his... looks like more of an evil world leader? <laughs> what if it just grows in his lip area and he has to make it grow long and then wrap it around his chin? Oh yeah. Like typically a bald guy, kind of like Doctor Evilish. He looks you would like, think of the world. He world looks like Lex evil. Luthor. Yeah. yeah. But he looks more evil with his shitty current look at Well, he looks like a Russian president with a bald head and a beard. Yeah, no, there's a little bit of a Cossack kind of Yeah. Uh vibe to that. He looks terrifying with a bald head and no beard. I don't want any part of that. Then he looks the most super villainous. Well, well that's there. Well, what what I like about that that picture is it shows he, <laughs> He, he looks, yeah. There's uh, there's the Nostradamus <laughs> from uh, <laughs> next great. door. Um, a long beard, yeah. Well, I, the bald head is like that's a nice looking, well groomed bald bald head because you can't just shave your head and just hope for the best, right? You have to you have to put sh- like you have to put a little you have bit to of moisturize. Like, yeah, you have to moisturize. You have to put sunscreen Sometimes on it. There's weird dents in your head, or yeah. yeah. And Trump has had like his like his scalp shifted around to account for the fact that he has no fucking hair on his head. Right. You know, he, he just puts his head in a cotton candy machine and that's what pops <laughs> out. You know, he, uh, he's going to... If you he, don't use that line on stage, you should. Yeah, he would... If he if he actually shaved his head and put... Even if he put moisturizer on it, he would still have these gnarly, like, you know, the, there's these Frankenstein scars <laughs> all over. Yikes. He probably has, like, huge floppy man tits that we just never notice because of his hair. And he's like, the hair distracts them from the tits. Could I, be. I'm up here. Don't, <laughs> don't you forget, I'm up here. <laughs> My hair is up here. Yeah. Uh, so it's worth noting that this opinion piece about how Russia is the sole aggressor in violating this treaty is written by Kay Bailey Hutchison, former Republican senator from Texas, and current United States ambassador to NATO. So he's got a dog in the fight. Yeah, I don't sense a conflict of interest at to all. See, yeah, yeah, no, not not in the slightest. And so let's talk about the weapon that we accuse Russia of violating the treaty with. It's called the Novator 9M729, which that sounds great. That's a, it sounds like the new BMW series. Like yeah. that's Oh, yeah. the 9 Series? Yeah, I don't think you can afford that. That sounds expensive. It is. It is very expensive. Pro- well, probably not. It's a Russian weapon. And it yeah, was- it's all rubles. <laughs> it's mostly vodka-fueled. The They revealed this officially by the National Security Council official Christopher Ford during a speech at the Wilson Center on November 29th. We've, uh, all, we've all played the Wilson Center, right? Yeah, the Wilson Center is great. They have food backstage. You get paid. I got bumped by Kevin Hart. Oh. At the Wilson Center? Yeah. I actually bumped Kevin Hart at the Wilson Center. Oh, nice. So I don't know who you were talking to when you did it there, but I got right in. Uh, Up to this point, we had been talking about Russia having violated this treaty, but we weren't saying how or why. And it was suspected that the Novator was the culprit. Like, that was what the weapon that we thought violated the treaty. And that was officially revealed November 29th. It's thought to have a range that falls between 500 kilometers and 5,500 kilometers, which makes it illegal under the INF treaty. Because it's more than 3,400, right? Right. Got it. It's not, but it, it has to be between 310 and 3,400 miles to violate the treaty. Yeah. And our... Our rationale for this is we claim to have observed a Russian missile test where they launched a comp- 
compliant missile from a compliant missile launcher and then did an immediate second test after that where they fired a very similar but non-compliant missile from a compliant missile launcher. And that's that's our rationale for them violating this treaty. And if that's true, it would basically require Russia to not only destroy all of those missiles, but all of those missile launchers of the same type that they used to test that missile. And they use those for compliant missiles also. So that would be kind of a big ask. Yeah, this is the equivalent of like, oh, well, you didn't put one of your toys away. Now we're throwing all of your toys away. It is pretty much like that. Yeah. I used to date a girl who told me once that her mom, because she didn't clean her room, threw all her Michael Jackson memorabilia away. And this was in like 84 at the height of his powers. Oh, pre- I was- yeah. What a fucking this is in the mom. 90s, I would get it, maybe. Yeah. Like, at least Don't... have the foresight to know you could save that stuff and sell it. You better not step to mom like that, I guess. I guess. I mean... I'm still confused about that governor saying he, he was in blackface to be Michael Jackson. It's like, I don't know, ladies wasn't that. Okay. You we get, get Michael Jackson. But Michael Jackson, his face was still pretty pretty dark in the 80s. Didn't have to, you didn't have to go with shoe polish. Could have gone with just like a, a dark foundation. Yeah. It is crazy that he was about to do the moonwalk and his wife had to stop him. Only <laughs> in appropriate oh, circumstances, honey. Clip, because you can see, like, he was getting excited. He's like, this could be the thing that turns it around. Yeah. I was reading a CNN article about <laughs> Trump's El Paso rally, and I actually talked about it on the solo podcast this week, but it was like fact-checking Trump's claims from the El Paso rally. And when Trump brought that thing up, where the guy was going to moonwalk, the only response was, when he's right, he's right. <laughs> it just moved on. Because he did call that that out. Like that, why would you moonwalk in that moment? No, I think th- I think he should have moonwalked. I know that's terrible advice. <laughs> that would have been the greatest clip of all time. Yeah, but he's moonwalking away, and his, his wife's just like, Honey, only appropriate. <laughs> Come back here. You get back here, Ralph. Her voice is just getting more yeah. distant and distant. <laughs> Don't you you get back here, God damn it! What if it was a really great moonwalk? That's oh, that would have been even. What if he just even, fucking nailed it? I mean, and he, he he won everybody's forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. He was just trying to really commit to the role. <laughs> Virginia is for lovers of beat it. That's... <laughs> or what if he tried it and was like, I can't do it without the blackface. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's where he that dropped. was the <laughs> secret ingredient. Yeah. Do the moonwalk. He's like, are you sure it's okay? Well, maybe <laughs> not. And then he just slowly pulls pulls out shoe polish and starts applying it. <laughs> and that does the worst moonwalk you've ever seen. But he can do the lean real well. <laughs> He's got the shoes. He yeah. leans into the shoe polish. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a fun riff. Uh, this needs to be a sketch. Yeah. So I'm sorry. This is the only way I can dance appropriately. <laughs> and come. So, dear. <laughs> so the thing is, that's pretty much our whole rationale is that right. we say we observed a test where they launched a, a non-compliant missile at relatively the same time as a compliant missile, and that they're both similar but different enough that one violates this treaty. Russia argues that the missile in question has a range of 298 miles, which is under the INF treaty limit of 310. And we say that's not true. Yeah. So it is a matter of 12 miles, basically, that is 
uh, deciding whether we stay or go in terms of this treaty. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, battle of inches. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, most of what you read is going to make Russia seem like they're the clear, obvious aggressor here and that we've been abiding by this treaty this whole time and it's Russia that's actually not in compliance. And that's not complete. That's probably not true. Well, it's just like I don't think anything's a hundred percent one way or the other. It's right. You know, you can you can make it seem like even if you were if you had like a dispute with your neighbor, like even if you were mad because they were drilling a hole in the wall and it was drilling into your apartment, it's like, well, I could have been more patient with them. Like, right? <laughs> there's there's always something going in in each direction. There's a show on Investigation Discovery called Fear Thy Neighbor. It is my favorite true crime show about how I hope everyone dies because it's just neighbors being dicks to each other and no one's right. Everyone's wrong. And it's yeah. like, will you all just shoot each other and get this fucking thing over with, please? Yeah. I love it. I can't imagine. My, my, I, have a, I have a neighbor who I guess I don't know if they have a bedroom on the other side of the wall from my bedroom, but they they begin loud talking at 1 a.m. Yeah, that's loud talk time. That's when the booze really kick in. Yeah. As like, are you playing Fortnite as a family? <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's the worst. <coughs> so, geez. So what Russia has been claiming on the other side of this, we have a missile defense system called Aegis. That's probably how it's pronounced, right? A-E- yeah. Agus. Com- I, I Agus. Why are you doing this? I think it's a hard G. I don't think it is. I feel like it's it, a soft G. It's either Aegis or Aegis. Yeah. Aegis, 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 if you're Chet Wild. Uh, this is a missile defense system that we deployed in Europe, basically under the guise of providing defense against missiles launched from Iran. And what Russia and one other kind of prominent uh, outlet, I guess, claims is that these are... Yes, they're missile defense systems, but one, they're not, uh, the radars aren't powerful enough to actually track missiles from Iran, and two, they're capable of launching offensive weapons. So we're basically violating the treaty also. If you ask me, all weapons are offensive weapons. Hey. I'm ready to go back to swords. What do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> I like when people post stuff like, uh, how can words be, how can you weaponize words? Words aren't a weapon. It's like, do you know what the word weaponize means? It means to make something that's not a weapon into a weapon. That's yeah. such a terrible argument. They probably don't b- believe in anthropomorphism or right. <laughs> personification. <laughs> well, all these fuckers are worrying about missiles. Cyber warfare is the future, but I digress. They don't digitize any documents. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can be anything else. And the thing about this claim from Russia that this Aegis system is actually an offensive missile system or can be equipped as an offensive missile system. According to the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, they're right. Mm. That's the organization. You know how every year that magazine comes out with the clock on the front and however close it is to midnight, that's how close we are. I love the reveal when they pull the sheet off and they move it. It, That's the organization that does that, that issues Mm. that. So they monitor nuclear weapons pretty stringently at that organization and then trump got elected and they literally had to move it closer uh i think it did move closer one of the arguments is it should have moved like to a minute to midnight yeah right after now. his election somebody call me out from wrong but i'm 
almost No, I think positive. it moved to two minutes. Yeah, it moved from three minutes to two minutes after he was elected. Right. But this year it probably should have moved to one with all of this happening. But for some reason, it did not. And they also argue that this system can be used for offensive purposes. And the system, it was announced in 2009 by Obama and Robert Gates. It replaced ground-based installations in Poland and Romania with a series of smaller, slower interceptors guided by Aegis radar systems. So basically, these are nuclear weapons mounted on Navy ships. And that allows us to, one, operate them in international waters so nobody can say shit about anything we do. But also, when we need to move it into range to strike somewhere, we can do that pretty easily. And our argument is these are just defensive missiles. And what Russia says and what the atomic, uh, the bulletin of the atomic scientists claim is that, yes, you can use it for defensive purposes, but also for offensive purposes. And what this bulletin of the atomic scientists article mentions is that not only can you use it for offense, but the way we've explained it, it wouldn't actually stop any missiles from Iran if we were using it for defensive purposes. It's too slow. And it just would not be effective in that capacity. So at that point, the only real reason to have them there is for offensive purposes, in which case we're violating the treaty also and have been since 2009. But aside from Putin and this one group of scientists, no one's really adding that into the argument. We've got offensive missiles and we'll fucking point them at you. I mean, it's the United States. Yeah. Like, you have to expect... There's gonna we're be, always going to one-up the or push the limit to make sure like we're on top. And there's some degree over some degree of control over the media in this country at every outlet at the highest levels. I think we all have to know that by now. And it's not really in the overall best interest of the United States to be like, yep, we're violating this treaty. Yeah. So there's not a lot of it's not a lot of press coverage at all. But that's the thing. We are also and i i think i kind of want that like the alternative is that obama was just really dumb about how to defend us how to protect us against missiles from iran because he put it there ostensibly as a defensive thing so we kind of want the government to have been lying about this otherwise it's scarier than us just putting offensive missiles missiles somewhere and lying about it yeah, I think that's what's going on just in general with our country. It's like, you know, I think we were just kind of living sort of happy-go-lucky, like not knowing all the things that our government was lying to us about. And now we just kind of have a dumb person in office who's a little bit more upfront with yeah. his lying. And that, and that you can tell it, it just affects the overall welfare of the country. Right. And it, I, I, I do think Trump has made us a little more skeptical of things that happened not just under Obama, but just under previous presidents yeah. in general. Yeah, like it, the what else were you lying to us about right. mentality. Like even the national emergencies thing that is happening as we record this. We've pulled it other times where it hasn't really been appropriate. Most times it's not appropriate. Like we, But this is, I feel like this is the most politicized internally within the com- country. Like it's clearly a, a just a real fucking dick move. Well, the part no one is yelling about that I think makes this one so much different is in every other case, the money we've been seizing came from the countries in question. Like, we would seize assets from foreign 
actors who had assets in the United States. This is us declaring a national emergency and taking money away from taxpayers that was supposed to go to infrastructure and shit like that. That feels like the really scary precedent that's being set here. And it's not, that doesn't seem to be a sticking point for anyone. It's like, ah, fuck checks and balances. I'm taking your money anyways. One thing that I mean, there are many things that really bother me about Trump, but one thing that he tweeted in the last week was something to the effect of, like, Democrats are are all up in arms, like, relax, the country's doing great. Like, he tweeted that, but also it's a national emergency, and it's it's the worst, our country's unsafe, and constantly it, it's, like, which right. is it? Is the country great and relax, or are we totally fucked and should be up in arms? Yeah, both, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that's sort of the problem. But for the opposite reason, a big of part of the country feels like everything is great, and this is exactly what they want. And uh, the other half does not. Welcome to America. What ah, I would do is, how I, about that, huh? If I was Russia, I'd put uh, those less than thirty mile missiles right up against that wall. What are you going to do then? So uh, we would probably, we would almost certainly start a war with Russia. <laughs> well, we got put, a wall. Walls if protect they put us. Missiles thirty miles Walls from the Mexican border. Us. And I would honestly encourage it if that happened. I think we would want to go to war with Russia at that point. Mm-hmm. Because why do you got those 30? But then again, how far in from the border is 30 miles? What areas of the U.S. are we talking about? 30 miles from the border? Mm-hmm. That's Texas. That's just somewhere in Texas. Far away from the butterfly sanctuaries. What? The the butterfly sanctuaries are like suing the government over the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the wall's going to fuck with some Texan butterfly sanctuaries. Yeah, we'll just take all that Don't land. fuck with the butterflies. Mm. So if you want to read more about the uh, Bulletin of Atomic Scientists' opinion on our role in violating this treaty, the article is from February 14th, 2019. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. This just came out. That doesn't even seem possible because I sent these notes on Wednesday. Yeah, this site just lost all credibility. <laughs> Well, I think they might have updated They're it. They're refreshing. Or something. <laughs> Every day you click the article, it was written yesterday. <laughs> but the title of the article is, Russia may have violated the INF Treaty. Here's how the United States appears to have done the same. By Theodore A. Postal. Yeah, click his name. See what other articles he's written. And what's the uh, what are the dates there? Quite a name. Oh, all kinds of shit. But what were the published dates? Why are we... Lo- what th- Can we carry on with the episode? I'm just telling people where to... I'm going to have to click into each one to get the published dates. No thanks. So that's the weapon system that Russia claims we've been using to violate this treaty. And what this has all brought up is the question of whether this is going to lead to a new arms race where we're competing with Russia to build the most tactical nuclear weapons. And yes, it's already started. We have already started building those weapons way back in November when we were just starting to float the idea of pulling out of the INF treaty Republicans were already writing op-eds about our need for low-yield tactical nuclear weapons there's one on the Washington Post by John Keel a Republican senator from Arizona and Michael Morell two-time director of the CIA and it's called why America needs low-yield nuclear warheads now and what they what they say is that Russia has been developing these weapons for years and that whenever they conduct war games and military exercises, they always end in them theoretically bombing some European nation you would expect them not to bomb. And that's 
true. Mm. We did an episode of What in the World about Russia's military exercises, which they call Zapad. And then people are always like, no, Zapad just means West. Motherfucker, they call their military exercises West. Take it up with Russia. But Zapad is what they call their military exercises. It's named after Kanye. And every fucking time, those things end in them nuking someone in Europe. So it's a legitimate concern. Mm. But we've basically responded by pulling out of the INF Treaty, and now we're just building a bunch of low-yield nuclear weapons of our own. The uh, We already have enough nuclear weapons. How many fucking more? But we haven't been able to build these because we were complying with that treaty this whole time. All those short-range weapons and ones that are... We just got the 12-mile kind and the 5,000-mile kind. It really is incredible that a nuclear weapon hasn't blown up in one's own country yet. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like like I said, we came really, really close in the 80s. And and even uh, during the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, like, there was... What was that? That submarine almost got fucking blown with the the nuke, or they almost shot a nuke, and oh, then yeah. the one guy was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm going against orders." There's an incident where a nuclear weapon fell out of an airplane and like lodged in a tree before it hit the ground. Um, there's Can, that. I gotta call the fire department. <laughs> yeah. Can you get my missile out of my tree? It's stuck. It won't come down. The more weapons we make, it seems like the greater chance you, for error there is. What? I know. Where would you be getting a notion like that? I fucking That's my comments. Silly. Sense. There's also that really famous story of uh, there was a guy in Russia whose job it was to launch a counter strike if he got notice that we were striking them, and he got that notice, and for some reason was like, "I bet this is false. I'm not going to retaliate." And he was right. It was like a false alert, like a false warning. And well, it's like yeah, it's like the people accidentally calling the the missiles the nuclear strike in hawaii right yeah it's like oh it's a good thing that you know i mean you traumatize some people i'm sure but like it's a good thing that we didn't act more on it yeah for sure like that would have been the most the worst 15 minutes until that thing got recalled that's a crazy story i think it was longer than 15 minutes i think it was like 40 yeesh it's a it's a crazy story we did i don't remember what podcast we talked about that on i think it was the main on pops podcast but the whole problem was all that whole system runs on a like 19 like a mid 90s looking program with these drop down menus and there was an option for issuing that alert to residents but no option for recalling it if you issued it in error all the other ones had an option for oh nope that was an accident no but back, the one no about channel. the one about incoming nuclear weapons you could not retract that so that's cool yikes but uh if you had to place money on what city Russia would nuke in the U.S. first. I I mean, Anchorage is close. Yeah, Anchorage would be the easiest. San Francisco, probably after that, would make sense because of all the tech companies there. Now to destroy your most powerful position, Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, no, we accidentally took out Facebook, too. That was our weapon. <laughs> We're taught on the next. There's th- going to be casualties. <laughs> On the next episode, kind of along those same lines is where would we strike. The next episode, we're talking about missile defense systems. And in the 70s or 80s, we finally came to this agreement with Russia where we could each have a missile defense system protecting one target in our country. And Russia chose Moscow. 
and they have kept updating that missile defense system the whole time. It's oh, improved over the years. We know the U.S. It's one's going to be good. fully operational. We decided to protect Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota because that's where all our other nukes are. So in that scenario, Russia could conceivably, at least Moscow might survive if there was some sort of conflict and we would still have North Dakota. Well, it's not our fault we have so many great cities That's that true. we couldn't pick one. We had to pull one out of a hat, and it yeah. just happened to be the one with all the nukes. Yes. Good so times. LA's not top three. I'm just kind of assessing Oh, top safety. three? Certainly. Especially coming from Russia, because the range to hit the West Coast compared to the East Coast is, like, you really need a missile to hit New York, at least from Russia. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I would wonder if they would even try to get LA, because there are so many russian people that live here yeah that's true also big russian population that would be a bad look like also all the celebrities they love live here right i love my leo (laughs) (laughs) i cannot lose leo yeah who knows i feel like i feel like russia would be or, or los angeles would be more the kind of place someone would target with like a suitcase nuke or like a like a rogue nation like i could see north korea hitting los angeles just because it's the biggest name target they could hit. But LeBron lives here now. That's a good point. And he knows Dennis Rodman. So Dennis Rodman could intervene there and save us all. Nice. Yeah, yeah just that checks quick, out. quick call to Kim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the this uh, article that was written about uh, the nuclear arms race back in November, where we're arguing we need these mid-range weapons, we've already started building them. And these are smaller tactical nukes. They're expected to be about a third of the power of the bomb we dropped on Hiroshima. So that's fine. That's nothing. It's like a firecracker, basically. Uh, the National Nuclear Security Administration announced in an email in late, late January that it had started manufacturing the weapon at its Pantex nuclear weapons plant in Texas. The email said the first of the new warheads had come off the production line and that it was on schedule to deliver the first batch before the end of September. This is what's really fucking scary about this. The W76-2 is this low-yield nuclear weapon we're building, and it's just an it's just a modification of our existing Trident nuclear warheads. So you're saying the W76-2 is a mintier version? Yes. Of our warheads? Okay. <laughs> Fresher. Yeah. It uh And the Trump administration's argument is that, well, if we have these nukes, other countries are less likely to launch theirs because Uh we have these and they know we'll use them. One point that, for one thing, that's coming from a president who very famously once asked, why can't we just use our nukes in a foreign policy meeting? So he's definitely inclined to that. I just want to play with the toys that we have. (laughs) Just going to keep them all in the case? Never going to play with them? It kind of feels like that. And I except, think, except that kid's right now. <laughs> that kid <laughs> exactly. is correct to keep his beanie babies in the case. <laughs> keep the tags on. Don't play with them. Don't even look at them, please. Don't even. Don't even. Don't even look. But I, I feel like one of the best points that I've seen in, in this debate about these low yield nuclear weapons, Melissa Hannum of the One Earth Future Foundation pointed out that adversaries would have no way of knowing if a full force Trident nuclear missile was fired at them, or if it's just the low-yield version. Because to make the low-yield version, you just literally remove one step from the process in a Trident weapon. Got it. 
But otherwise, it's going to look exactly the same. Radars are going to read it exactly the same. So we could think, oh, well, we're just going to launch this low-yield weapon at North Korea to let them know the business. And North Korea is going to see that as an actual weapon and send everything they have back at us. And those bombs will probably come to the West Coast. And as we'll talk about on the next episode, we have eh, about a 40% chance of shooting them down. I like those odds. I mean, that's really better, good. That's better than any batting average in the major leagues. That is that is true. Well, the the reason it's so finicky is we're basically shooting a speeding bullet out of the sky. Like that's how our current missile defense systems work. Yeah, we see it coming and we shoot another missile at it and try to hit it. Which worth noting, there's going to be missiles exploding overhead in the sky. still, but we should be fine. I mean, people light up fireworks in my neighborhood on random nights anyway. Yeah. It's going to feel very similar. And when there's a nuclear winter, we can all say, see, global warming was fake. Oh, winter's a good puppy. <laughs> she's a good girl. Oh, look at, look how nuclear that winter is. <laughs> and she's from Alaska. She's prob- she's used to living under the constant threat yeah, of nuclear. We haven't seen her in a while. She's getting ready for the sled race. She is. She can see Russia from her doghouse. <laughs> Gearing up for the Iditarod. Uh, so... Yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at now. It's not a question of will a new arms race start. It started like we pulled out of this treaty and now we're all building tactical nuclear weapons. And ours just happen to look exactly like our regular nuclear weapons. So I don't know if we're going to text these countries before we bomb them and tell them it's just a small weapon coming. Hey, you up? Yeah, exactly. You should be. Yeah, it's like... Plenty of companies, when they create a more deficient or less quality model, whether it's you know whether it's soccer cleats or cars, it's like you know you're it's it's marked as the less the lesser item, right? You know when you're not getting like the best looking Mercedes or yeah, like it says you know it says C class. It tells you like this is not an E class, this is not an S right. class. It's a C class. That's why you. That's why you can afford it with this budget. So I, I wish they would. I wish they would put a C class on their missiles. Yeah. They need to do something to mark them as different. Because also, I'd be offended if you just hit me with a small weapon. It's like, what? Come on, give Who's me the, the whole brand thing? manager for these missiles. Come on. If anything, go yeah, the other. I don't know. Go the other way. Make it look like a lower class missile, but pack a bigger punch. Yeah. There's a pizza place in santa monica i i doubt they've updated their sign for as long as i live there it was called classic pizza but the eye fell classic o- pizza the eye fell off the sign so it just says class c pizza ah, and then they got a nice c in the window <laughs> I, lo- I love that when uh when a neon sign just goes out perfectly just yeah, like, just like the G goes out in Black Angus, it's great. <laughs> I saw I saw a Mr. Donut once where the D and the O burned out, and it just said Mr. Nut. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like kids came by with rocks and just smashed that D O. Probably. I want Mr. Nut. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Donut was the shit. They had really good coffee. I think Dunkin' Donuts bought them out. Uh, maybe I should. We should do that too. I'd love to see that happen to the donut prince here in Burbank. The nut prince. (laughs) (laughs) The nut prince. And you got the nut cane and... Right. Trejo's nuts. Oh, that's right. Trejo's nuts. They're wrinkly. Mm. They look like cronuts. He also has a donut shop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that seems like a good place to end. So uh, that's our episode. On the next Good Luck America, coming in two weeks, if the world still exists by then, we're talking about missile defense systems 
and our our excursions into trying to shoot down weapons from space and all the things that have gone wrong and what our missile defense systems are now, which is not much. Yay! For as much as we spend on our military, it's insane that you're telling me that's the case. Yeah, I feel like we just haven't harnessed the technology or something. Star Wars, like once we started calling Reagan's idea Star Wars, I think that just tainted the whole idea of combating nuclear weapons from space. Well, I wish I got that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what if I got it, Star Trek? I would have played a great Death Star. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was the Death Star. All right, what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Patreon.com slash pops. $5 a month. You get a bunch of bonus podcasts. You get this podcast ad-free, baby. You get uh, all kinds of shit. Is there a stand-up show at the end of the month, Brown Pops? There's a stand-up show February. You want to do Is it? Is it booked? No, it's not all. That's how I get myself on shows. That's how I've been for you. That's for you. I need something to plug, Adam. Put me on. That's how I've been booking this the February show. All who's on the podcast? It's just at the end of the podcast when I plug it, I go, "Do you want to be on it?" I'm there. Cool. So Chet Wild will be there. Alex Schmidt, Rivers Langley, Tom Ryman, Hannah Michaels, Chris Crittenden, Carrie Martin dropped out. Oh, she found out I was going to get booked on. Probably. So we still need to book a few more. I would ask Stuart, but Stuart has a show that same night. Complaining show. Uh, No, my show got moved, actually. Oh, did it? Oh. It's the 23rd, right? Yeah. You want to do it? Sure, man. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, So aside from that show. What else do you got going on? uh, This show comes out what day? Next. This will be out next Thursday. Next Thursday. Uh, so you can catch me two nights in a row at the Hollywood Hotel. I'll be there Friday, February 22nd at 8 p.m., and then I'll be there on the 23rd for yeah, the end. So why don't you show. just book a room Friday night dude. and wait in the lounge Saturday until Dude, just show up to both guys. Stay o- yeah, stay overnight. Don't mess around, happened. bro. That one, uh, a couple she- shows ago, that girl drove up all the way from Arizona. She came to yeah. the last show also. Yeah. Yeah. That's very nice for her. Uh, you can also listen to my podcast, The Late Night Podcast with Stuart and Luke, uh, which comes out every Wednesday on iTunes. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of like my late night talk show that I do at the Hollywood Improv, but with just one guest. Uh, so listen to that, download it, subscribe to it. Uh, I'm also at Stuart B. Thompson on Twitter and Instagram. Chat, what do you got to plug? I already plugged it. I'm on this show at the end of the month. I oh, perfect. I got plenty of non-unpop things, but I'm not I'm not pushing those agendas. Yeah. This is my Unpops on Unpops plug. Okay. And edit all of this out. Okay, I probably will. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Stuart, say goodbye. Bye, y'all. Chat, You know say we're goodbye. recording another episode, so it's insane that I would say salutations when we're about to start recording again. Oh, salutations was good enough. Goodbye, everybody. Ah, we love no, you. No, it doesn't count.